Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Greetings, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm joined by Michelle Host. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful today. Great. Um, here we are at our new time slot. So yes. For those of you joining us live or listening back and you're uh, from overseas, welcome. Uh, we moved this specifically uh, to accommodate your schedule, realizing that this is, uh, I guess, seven, eight o'clock at night for some of you mm -hmm. uh, overseas. So thank you for uh, bearing with us as we change our time zones and our, mm -hmm. our scheduling. Uh, Michelle, what's I, I was going to just flat out ask the question, <laughs> what, what new is going on with you? Um, for those of you listening rather than watching, uh, I, I am looking at Michelle's, I'm listening to her laugh, but I'm looking at Michelle's picture and there are boxes, boxes. Like a bomb has gone off. Yes, me. yes. Uh, items have arrived in Florida. And <laughs> and I did my best to clean a space so that I could actually get to my station and, and join everybody for the podcast. But I figured today I would be consistent with what I'm trying to encourage my clients to do, which is just show up and keep it real. You know, I, I think it's unrealistic to expect that you're going to be perfect and odor-free all the time. Odor-free would be a really nice goal, but um, sometimes your boxes get delivered before you have a chance to unpack them, and you still need to show up for things. And that, was it Woody Allen that said 90% of life is just showing up? Just showing up. Uh -huh. And while he he's not necessarily a hero of mine or on my... Uh, a board of 12 advisors from a previous episode, I do like that quote because I feel like um, that's an old trick I learned from undergrad is if you just show up for class and you pay attention, that is 90% of the work is just showing up. And I think that's true about most things in life. You don't have to be perfect. Just show up. Just try. Just you know, be present. It, it, it's interesting that you say that. Um, and again, for those of you new to the show, one of the things that Michelle and I love about what we do is the synchronicity and the serendipity <laughs> of our conversation. So, so the just showing up certainly ties in with today's topic, which we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, but more importantly, just the, the way that our two lives, which, which <laughs> I'm guessing, by the way, is true of everybody. Um, you know, you and I are, are basically an exemplar or exemplars of what others, other folks are doing. And one of the big things I've been working with uh, coaching clients with this week, although I didn't call it just showing up, uh, it's creating these consistent, sustainable, and clear habits of, of doing happy. Um, and yeah. I don't know how else to describe it than that. It, it's, yeah. it's literally a habit of happy, of doing happy, measuring your life by how much joy you have in it. Yeah. And when you do that, 
you will feel successful. It's not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Uh, and so I find it again, very fascinating that you're just showing up and you've got all this stuff <laughs> boxes <behind> everywhere. <laughs> um, but I'm keeping my shit together. Look, it's all here. It's all, well, it's, you know, it's funny because I've said it before when, when I was moving and downsizing, uh-huh. uh, decluttering, uh-huh. I have, I, I have a box I lived out of. It's one uh-huh. of these big giant, I don't know if it's Tupperware or not, Rubbermaid, whoever, these gigantic clear boxes that I can see what's in it. Uh-huh. And it's all, you know, airtight, watertight. And I can't get rid of the box now. It's like I've become attached <laughs> to it. And, and here I am in, in a new office and I've got space and my box and I'm looking at it right now. It's got my electrical stuff in it. It's got a course in miracles. It's oh, got, a, a, it's got, it's got some f- uh, files in it and uh-huh. it's, it's literally my uh, go-to an end of the world box. <laughs> and, and so I'll be very curious as you go through yours, what you become attached to oh, yes. and, and what you don't. Yes. Um, before we jump into our topic, I would love from a therapist standpoint mm-hmm. to know a little bit more about what just showing up means for you. When you tell your client, just yeah. show up, what does that mean? Um, it means do what you need to do to get out of the house. If it's something you're going to in person or, you know, to put pants on, if you're on a zoom call, (laughs) make yourself presentable so that you can be present for whatever the synchronicity is that you are there to learn or give. Like for example, my clients that go to 12 step programs half the time when they call into a meeting or something like that, they don't know who else is going to be there. They don't even necessarily feel like they want to go to a meeting that day, but they show up and they're present and they listen and they pay attention and often they share and people get something from just being together. They learn something, they learn a new skill, they get through the day, they learn how to cope, they find a friend they find that they're less alone. So for me, you know, this is one of my favorite hours, if not my favorite hour of the week is showing up for our keeping your shit together community where we do this live with everybody that can attend in person. And then, you know, those that, that listen to it afterwards. So to me, just showing up is part of what I look forward to is I'm not always going to be perfect. Today you see boxes in the background. I'm not always going to be perfect. You know, but you, I'm here. You, you and I have an interesting related background because we we particularly when you were in Los Angeles, um, we've got a lot of friends and clients in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And they are notorious for the show must go on, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, right. The, the old showtime. Um, showtime. And and they know how to turn it on and turn it off yeah. and put on that facade for lack yeah. of a better oh, way. Oh, that's to a good point. Mm-hmm. When a client comes to you and they're not, they're, they don't have that skill set. Right. And it's like, Michelle, I don't want to go to, I, I'm a client. Let's play make yeah. here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go to a 12 step program. I don't want to share. I don't want to. Okay. How, how do you and I motivate them? to do that. I know that in, in my world with hypnosis and NLP, mm-hmm. um, 
there's framing, there's pre-framing, there's future pacing, mm. and and there are all these different techniques that can be done to get people to imagine, because the, the subconscious can't tell the difference between real and imagined, to mm-hmm. imagine a better tomorrow, to give them hope. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you offer folks? When I say, Michelle, I get it. I'm, you know, I'm in therapy with you. I, I get it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I might ask, has there ever been a time when you really didn't want to do something and you did it anyway and you were glad that you did? And usually the answer is yes, that there's at least one example of doing something when you don't want to do it and then retroactively being very grateful that you did it. And then I might say, what if this is one of those times? What if you're missing your, you know, magic magic potion, your magic bullet, uh, that thought of encouragement or that note of encouragement that keeps you going. And if you just show up, whether it's to work or to our little podcast or a 12-step meeting or your therapy session, maybe that's what you're supposed to do today. Maybe there's something waiting for you there. And if you miss it, you'll have to wait longer to get that little bit of magic, that little bit of encouragement, that little bit of health and help that you're actually seeking. So I might start with that and see if we can make some progress. Are you a believer uh, in the concept that we are not cheerleaders? I mean, there's obviously a difference between what you do as therapy and what Mm -hmm. I do uh, (laughs) in coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, because literally they're just two different time frames. I'm not mm-hmm, going mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. to past events uh, mm-hmm, and, and working on them uh, mm-hmm. while I think you actually are future pacing and helping people mm-hmm. set things. Um, but do you buy into the concept that our job is not to be cheerleaders, but to be guides and mentors? I think I've heard you use that term. Yes. and not to do for others what they can do for themselves. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, don't you think that we're a little bit of a mix? Like sometimes, you know, being with people when they're down and, and not trying to fix them, just being present with them. Other times we might be the encourager or the mentor or the guide. Ultimately, uh, you, Scott, me, Michelle, any of our listeners or people present on this call today, we are each responsible for our own lives and no one can make those decisions for us but ourselves. And so in the end, you really don't have a whole lot of people to blame but yourself either because these are choices that we all make. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think that it's not, in fact, I just had a client come back to me because I don't, I don't take insurance in my private practice. I do out of pocket. And I encouraged her to find somebody in her insurance because that's what she wanted. And she just came back to me and said, you know what I really didn't like about my old therapist is my old therapist really kept making me focus on the positive. And I think we can make that mistake too, be too much of a cheerleader. And what she was really needing is somebody to validate that some of the stressors she was experiencing at work as one of those frontline healthcare responders was valid and that she needed somebody to acknowledge that it's difficult out there working with COVID-19 patients and working with families who uh, regret that they made this a political issue instead of a health issue and now they've got a loved one hospitalized. 
um, and you know, helping those families understand that they did the best they could with what they knew, and yet really working to try to save that patient's life. So it's tough on workers out there. And if we're just constantly saying, but look at the bright side, look at all that you're, you know, nobody is sitting with the pain. So that's part of our job too, as a therapist. And I think also as a life coach, that we have to acknowledge the pain before we can move on. If you don't mind, I think that's a perfect segue into today's topic. Because it's something that I've been working with uh, some folks on. And that is that in this world that we have, the craziness that we have, the stress, <laughs> the stressors that are existing right now, there are a number of people who've come to me, and this is my term that I'm using, the relevance part. They, they don't know to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've, they've become frustrated. They've lost their oomph, their mm-hmm. mojo, mm-hmm. Uh, their juju. Mm-hmm. They've, they've lost the magic. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've, they've, the world seems to have tilted for them mm. and nobody's acknowledging that everybody's mm. acting like it will go away. You know, the, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And then they're not acknowledging the fact that we've got some folks, uh, who listen to this show, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, who are going through some dire, scary, yes. stressful times, whether yes. it's the lack of companionship, the lack of a job, not yeah. knowing where your, your next paycheck is going to come from, if any. Again, you know, going back to the entertainment industry, uh, you and I have mutual friends who literally have been wiped out yes. uh, because their shows in Vegas have been canceled. Right. Um, it's like, now what? <laughs> it's gone. Right. It's I, was, like, I thought I made it. I thought I, thought I had reached the peak yeah. of my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are headliners in Vegas. No job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... It's, you know, historically, uh, I I work a lot with some first responders. A lot of these people, believe it or not, folks, are living hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they don't have these vast savings Mm -hmm. that they can rely on. Or alternatively, Mm -hmm. they're back at work, they're going. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's taking care of the kids? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And so suddenly the world shifts and people aren't feeling relevant anymore. And so the question Mm -hmm. was posed of me, what do you do when you stop feeling relevant? Again, my term wasn't done that way. It was actually posed to me as what happens when you don't matter anymore? Nobody cares. I haven't seen friends for so long. What happens when you no longer matter? Yeah. And so one of the things that I'd love to chat with you about today Mm-hmm. is kind of my three-step process for helping at least my folks mm-hmm. through this crisis of relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And, you know, one of the big first things that I, I, I had to embrace, even for myself, by the way, because in, in working with a client through their messes, I'll be candid <laughs> about it, mm-hmm. I find it's always helpful to go back to my own messes <laughs> and, mm-hmm. see, and see if I've done the same mess mm-hmm. and I learned anything from it, or if I've not been in the same mess, have I been in something close to that mess mm-hmm. that I can draw on? Or if I haven't done those two, do I know somebody who's been through this mess? And I love I, it. And I came to the realization that what I'm about to talk about, uh, I was guilty of tremendously. And I'm going to start off the discussion step one, which is embracing relevance, but just a different kind of relevance with a question for you. Mm. 
What is codependency? Ah, is that a question for me, Michelle, or That's a question for, each of for us? you? Well, it's, a question, <laughs> it's a question for you because I didn't quite understand it correctly. Okay. Um, and I'll explain to you why it has any bearing at all on my first step, and that's embrace relevancy, but just a different kind of relevancy. <laughs> um, so, w- what is codependency in a therapeutic standpoint? Uh, it's basically determining your actions, feelings about yourself, beliefs about yourself based on someone else or the outside world. So, mm, I'm only happy if the people around me are happy or giving me positive feedback. That's really tough. You're giving away your power. Or if someone else is having a problem, it's my responsibility to fix it, control it, uh, learn about it, um, resolve their problem. So that that's how I would define it. There's probably a more clearer definition for people that specialize in codependency only, but that's how I look at it. Um, in a, from a couple's perspective or a family's perspective, there can be a sense of enmeshment, meaning that I'm not a whole differentiated individual person in a relationship with a whole individual differentiated person. I'm in a relationship with somebody who, to date myself uh, in the Jerry Maguire film, completes me. You complete me. You know, big, big love line of the 1990s, I think it was. But ugh, you complete me. Ugh, bad news. Very codependent. See, now, I'm glad it it absolutely does. (laughs) And this was, was, so I've often, um, oh, what was the Jack Nicholson movie where his great line was, you make me want to be a better man? Yeah, uh, as good as it gets. As good as it gets. And Uh it's, 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 um, you know, I've got all these movie things playing in my head and what things are supposed to look like. I always believed, by the way, Mm -hmm. that codependency was a term that was specifically allocated to drug and alcohol abuse oh, and, wow. the, and the families who are uh, in that context with them. And I actually learned something, which will be part of the lessons here. Uh, and sorry about if you can hear the dogs. The barking. doggies? Well, the fur babies? We, the fur <laughs> babies are going crazy because it's a bit of, it's a bit of explanation and apology. Um, we are going through huge heat waves here in Southern California. Oh. And so, uh, we moved our time slot for the show to 10 o'clock and the gardeners oh. are now showing up early oh. uh, on a Monday. Yeah. So the oh. dogs are barking at the gardener. So okay. um, you brought your boxes. I brought barking dogs. <laughs> and yet we still showed up. And we still showed up. <laughs> um, so going back to the codependency thing, what I, what I realized is that we are doing this. Those of us, I say we in business entrepreneurs. Oh yeah. Those of us who have careers, Think about yourself from a business perspective. And when you say, nobody cares about me, nobody wants me, uh, I'm going to eat some worms, right? Um, <laughs> and it, it, I, I go back and what I've, what I've learned to do is to work with folks and ask them where their relevance comes from. Mm. And uh, it, it's kind of, I joked before with the term, it's that looking glass approach to business. And it's made all the more worse uh, when we get not only the teachings in school, but I just got a, I literally just got a, a magazine that I read and it is designed specifically for business folks. And the first 
line of the article was, uh, if you don't stay relevant in business, you're doomed. Oh. Now, I, I had to take a step back saying, that's the script that's actually running through a lot of our clients and our friends' heads at the moment during this, during this crisis. Um, how do they stay, quote, relevant, end quote, in a right. stressed world? How do they stay relevant when businesses are closing and subsidies are going away and you've got businesses that are completely pivoting and rebranding and shifting and nobody knows what the hell they want anymore. Mm-hmm. Some of some of our friends and loved ones and clients just they want to thrive for one day and tomorrow's uh, a new day. Yeah. And so the interesting thing for me is is there a technique that we can show folks to help them move their focus of relevance? I want you to stay mm-hmm. relevant, but mm-hmm. what I want you to do is to be relevant to you. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's kind of how we started the conversation. Uh, earlier today. And that Mm -hmm. is one of the ways I do it is how do you measure success? Well, you measure it. Mm -hmm. Success to me is something you feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Happiness is something you do. It's an entire different shift of things. And if happiness is something you do, can we provide tools for our folks that they take a new definition of themselves? Is there something from the therapy world that we can now take. Um, so, so for example, if, if a client couple comes to you and they are codependent, let's just make it very easy. They are obviously codependent. They know they're codependent. And by that, I mean, I'm happy if you're happy, you're happy if I'm happy, if you're unhappy, I'm unhappy. If I'm unhappy, you're unhappy and you complete me. Mm-hmm. How do we break that cycle? Oh boy. Well, if they know it and they want to shift, that's easy. But if they don't know it or they know it and they don't want to shift, they think it is the secret to their happiness. That's, that's a well, really big let's challenge. Make, let's, let's make it easy, though. Let's, easy. Let's, because I, think, <laughs> I think in a business world, yeah. in, a, in a career setting, yeah. it's easier to say you've been, so I'll use you as an example. Michelle, yes. you, your happiness as a therapist is completely dependent on clients coming to you. Right. Revenue stream. The clients coming to you and creating a revenue stream is completely dependent right. on them wanting to come back from them having some type of hero's mm-hmm. journey experience mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I have to be relevant to them. You have to be relevant to them. Uh-huh. When, yeah. I'm t- when I'm saying, I need Michelle for you to be relevant to you, yeah. who are you? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I've been a therapist for so long that I have conversations with new clients all the time that sound like this. I'm really serious. It's probably not the best business tactic, but it works for me. And it sounds like this. I am not going to be the best fit for every person. I just want to be an excellent fit for the right person who needs what I bring to the table and that we fit together. And if we don't fit together, please keep finding someone because therapy is magical. And I want you to find someone. If you go to the store and you try on a suit and the first suit you try on doesn't fit, you don't refuse to ever wear a suit again. So if you've ever had bad therapy or bad life coaching or a bad therapist or whatever, that doesn't mean don't, don't think it 
it's good. There's good and bad. It's just like, if you had a bad plumber, you're never, you know, it's not like you're never going to hire a plumber again. You know, you just might not hire that plumber again. So keep looking for the right fit. So I would say that for me, I am more interested in spending time with a client that feels like I'm a right fit for them than I am trying to convince a client to close with me. Because I, I believe in that sense of this is where my, you know, mystic side comes in and believes that the universe knows I have a gift to give and that there are clients out there that need it and are the right fit for me. And there are clients out there that are the wrong fit for me and I need to let them go and find the right fit for them. I don't specialize in um, drug and alcohol addiction. And so I know that if somebody isn't working a strong program with a drug and alcohol addiction, 12-step program, and or specialist, I'm going to fail them. And that is not good for me or the client. I'm also not a specialist in, let me think something else. It's, um, well, I can't, you know, can't, uh, gambling addiction, which is another type of addiction. I'm just not very good at that one because I'm gullible and I believe people when they tell me things. <laughs> and so if you want to lie to me, I'm going to believe you, you know, anyway. So I think that's what makes me different is that I accept that I just want to find the right people that are a good fit for me. And that takes time. And I think, I think what you've just done is underscore the one tip for this section that I want to pass on to people. And that's, committing to have more respect for yourself and what you do. Um, commit to being authentic. Yes. Um, and to, to approach what you're doing in a sincere and dedicated manner. And when you listen to Michelle, that's why I wanted to ask her this. She had no idea I was asking her that no. question. Yeah, but throw the, me. <laughs> but but the, the, the beauty of this is if you listen to what Michelle's saying, she's not out there hustling for every dollar she can get from every person who's breathing and has no. a beating heart. No. She's saying, I respect what I do. I've been doing this. I know who I am mm -hmm. and I am not the right fit for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my coaching is not, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm an acquired taste for quite frankly, <laughs> um, because mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I am a cheerleader, but I'm not your cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hold you accountable and light a fire under your behind because mm -hmm. I believe that mm -hmm. every person listening to us deserves as much happiness and success as they can imagine. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they believe that. Right. Um, and I respect my bandwidth, my energy, my heart beats enough to say, I, I'm just not it for everybody. And I have fired clients, by the way. Uh -huh. I have said in, in, in a nice way, me too. like me too. this is not working right. for me. Right. <laughs> I right. don't feel I'm giving you my best right. because it's, it's the, you know, that, that give and take that flow is right. not working. So one right. of my first things, step one, embrace relevance create a new relevance and go back and ask yourself, is the, the relevance that you have right now codependent on your clients or other outside forces? So before we move on to number two, any other thoughts on codependency, Michelle, and, and mm. actually revering your own per can, person? 
you know, because we are so unscripted, can I just add in that one of the things I love to read to my clients from time to time is the You Matter Manifesto from Angeline Myers. Have you ever heard this? I actually have not. Okay. So for those of you listening now or in the future, I want you to imagine that I am saying this from your partner, your children, your boss, your coworkers, your parents, whoever it is that you haven't felt has shown you enough appreciation. Okay. You matter. You are enough. You have influence. You are a genius. You have a contribution to make. You have a gift that others need. You are the change. Your actions define your impact and you matter. And I know that we forget to tell our loved ones and the people we care about and our coworkers this. So let this be a reminder that I bet they believe this about you. And if you haven't heard from them in a while about this, maybe it's time to reach out and tell them that they matter to you. Because this is one of the major preventative factors in suicide is reminding people that they matter, that they are relevant that they do exist for a reason, especially to you. So I just, I just wanted to throw that out there as a little, that would be an example of me being a cheerleader is, you know, you're here, you are enough. You I, matter. I, and I'm going to go one step further. And I don't think that's cheerleading. I think that that is helping people understand that the relevance is being relevant to themselves. Yeah. Appreciating yourself, not looking yeah. to the outside for independent confirmation. Um, And I will tell you, absolutely guilty of it myself as I was building different businesses. It was constantly, because I'm constantly pushing, solve their problems, find their problems, you know, do this, do that. And it's like, wait, whoa, time out, time out. How about I take a step back and we'll get to that here in a minute. How do I Uh take a step back and let's reevaluate my role? Yeah, yeah. So thank you. I love that. And, and maybe we'll take that and make that a small little clip that people can stick oh. on their phones and play back. Uh, yes. You need to be now. reminded. <laughs> I love that. What, what is it called again for those listeners? The, the You Matter Manifesto from Angela Myers, M-A-I-E-R-S. I've never even met Angela, but her work has profoundly affected me. And this manifesto has been used multiple times by me when I'm working with people. So Angela, if you ever hear this out there, thank you. <laughs> Very well. Maybe we can get her on as a guest. That, 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 that's cool. Okay. So, num- so number one, mm-hmm. embrace your relevance, but, but it's embracing you, right? Yeah. It's just a different kind of relevance. Step two, <clears throat> pardon me, is called upskilling. I want you to upskill your relevance. It's not outskilling or outsourcing. Um, it's called upskilling. And the, the pandemic has changed the way we as a world community um, steer our careers and conduct our businesses. That's the reality. So one of the things that I chat with folks about continually is think about how we use Zoom right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. You and I are using this to do a live podcast, which is then turned into an audio and then uploaded, and then it becomes the normal podcast. Mm-hmm. Most people never did this before. No. Okay. It was we'd sit, we'd we'd be in our separate offices, we'd record a podcast, and then the audio would be uploaded. Now we have the opportunity 
to engage remotely in a new kind of normal, for lack of a better way to put it. Who'd have thought, right? I know. You know, ba back when Uber uh, was, and, and um, what's the other one? Lyft. Lyft. When Uber and Lyft were getting together, okay, it was, that was unique. Yeah, the kids were all using it to go to a party so they could not have to drink and drive. Um, that was one thing. And then look at how things got retooled. Um, and now you've got other people doing your shopping for you. Can, can I also say that Brian and I were just having a conversation about Airbnb, Lyft, and Uber, and who would have thought there would be a world where you would get in a car with a stranger and trust them to drive you where you were going and not hurt you, and then you pay them a reasonable fee and it changes the entire taxi industry? Or yeah. who would have thought that you would let someone stay in your home use your stuff and trust them not to destroy your home or steal your stuff. And, and yet these businesses have kind of grown and blossomed based off of the idea that most people are really good people. Despite the fact that we tell people do not hitchhike and don't talk to strangers. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and exactly. And so part of what I want folks to do is to start upskilling yeah. In order to fit your relevance. So we've already talked about reinventing, redefining, re-exploring, discovering your relevance based on what is going to bring you the most happiness and fulfillment. That's number one. Now, what do you have to learn in today's pandemic in order to fit this new definition that you've got? Um, do you need to go back to school? You know, it, it, it's, Again, I go back to businesses uh, like Instacart, right? Those have become part of our clients' ordinary life. Uh, I can't even tell you the last time I went to a grocery store, except maybe to run in and you know, get ginger root because I want to make sure it's fresh. <laughs> um, you, you know, other than that, think about all of these new business models and start asking, what do you need to do in order to play as well, or to put it, to use Michelle's terms, what do you need to do to show up? Um, motivation is great. I mean, I work with motivation all the time, right? That's mm -hmm. what coaches and consultants do, but it only goes so far. At some point, you got to actually you know, go to the gym or create <laughs> a home gym or walk around the block. <laughs> Um, and, and it means getting out of the intellectual part of your brain and overthinking it, which, which I guess is probably one of the biggest challenges that I'm having with my clients right now. They're mm -hmm. overthinking everything mm -hmm. because there's so much time to do it now. Uh, and, and saying, what new skills? How do I take the game and up it for me, upskilling it? Um, and I'm okay. sure, Michelle, you do the same thing, right? Don't you constantly... I'm, I'm asking a question completely in the dark, not knowing the answer, <laughs> but I'm presuming you have continuing education oh, credits yes. and you're constantly learning new things, aren't you? Oh, yes. Yes. We have 36 units in California, 36 units every two years that you have to take plus another like 15 legal and ethical and, you know, I supervise other non-licensed people, so supervision skills. Um, but I love that you're, so you, what you mean, Scott, by upscaling your relevance is, um, 
adding to your skill set, learning new things? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it, it's really a neuroplasticity approach to everything, saying <clears throat> we're going to rewire what's going on here. And um, you've heard me say this in prior episodes before. A big thing for me is each morning to say, how can I be of service today? Right? So it starts with, I've got my relevance. I know what my narrative is. I know what my archetype is. That's a, maybe another show, but I, I know those things, mm -hmm. at least what they are today. Mm -hmm. Okay, with that background, with that super objective, um, with that theme for my life, how may I be of service today? Um, and I, I think, Michelle, you'll vouch for the fact that when someone feels that they are of service to others, that increases the, the, the fuel Life satisfaction. that you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's in that book, 100 Secrets of Happy People, it's one of the research-based things, several, is volunteerism, helping other people, being of service are three of the hundred secrets to people who leave, lead more satisfying lives is you get outside of yourself and you're of service to others. That's yeah, beautiful. And, and, and so one of the things that I, I my, my little twist on this is, it is not simply asking how may I be of service based on the skill set that I have right now. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm irrelevant at that point. I know we're talking about relevance, but I'm irrelevant at that point. It's taking whoever it is that you want to have and, and hold and help and say, how may I be of service for them? And putting yourselves in their place, saying, what do they need to, you know, if you want to do the loving kindness thing, what do they need to find peace? What do they need to feel safe? What do they need to be loved? What do they need to live a life of ease? Right? You could just start with a simple loving kindness meditation. Okay. If I were, if I were Michelle, what would I want to feel safe? If I were Michelle, what would I want to feel loved? If I were Michelle, what would I want? Blah, 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 right? Um, and only then do you, do you take, okay, I want to be of service. I want to not do for her, but to assist mm -hmm. her in, in whatever it is you come up with. Mm -hmm. And it's only then that you say, where is the gap mm -hmm. between how I can be of service and what I'm actually able to do? Mm-hmm. And upskilling is closing that gap is finding the information and learning the new skills or finding the new net, new technology you know it took a lot of people by the way uh, a great deal of angst and grit just to get on zoom yes nobody nobody wants to be on camera unless you're an entertainer right. or, or you're a, pre a presenter right uh -huh. this is this is so um anti introvert <laughs> i know i don't want to be on camera in fact most of our listeners that come and listen in uh live often have their their cameras yeah. off and i totally get it i wouldn't want to have my camera on if i didn't need to <laughs> I, 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 actually, I, I will tell you i actually without revealing any, any d details i was actually brought in um by someone else to intervene well i could call it a, what it is to intervene in a situation that was spiraling out of control. Mm. And uh, I needed to get out of the group intervention context and just talk to the person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I offered them as a, a half hour Zoom conversation, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. completely lost them. 
Matter of fact, I, ha I had to reach out this morning and say, look, if you want to talk by phone, you'll do it that way. Yeah. Um, because they're just so uncomfortable yeah. in, in a, a video conferencing setting. Sure. Um, and so, you know, whether it's Zoom or Instacart, whatever, what do you need to do once you, once you find out that you want to be of service and that that's compatible with the relevance that you've addressed for yourself? Mm -hmm. And what skills do you need to learn? So mm -hmm. it's upskilling. You're not upscaling. You're oh. not outsourcing. It's up, U-P, skilling, S-K-I-L-L-I-N-G. Oh, you're taking so your skills and you're moving them up to the next level. Oh, I was thinking you were saying upscaling your relevance. No, you were uh, saying upskilling your relevance. I love it. Yes. I hey, want you, you to upskill your yeah. relevance. And it's not even upskilling your relevance. I want you to upskill your talents, techniques, methods, um, and your, your skill set, your toolbox. Up that game. And you're going to see all kinds of new relevance actually present itself to you. Um, which brings us to the last one. And it kind of brings us full circle to what we were talking about. So tip number three. Tip number one is embrace relevance, just a new kind of relevance. Mm -hmm. Tip two is upskill to meet your relevance. And finally, number three, get off your ass and take action. <laughs> right? Yes. I, I've got to tell you, and again, my own mess, I'll just be really uh, transparent here. Um, I can't believe how lazy I got at, at, I would say a month and a half, two months into this pandemic, social distancing. Mm -hmm. And I looked back and I went, what the hell happened? Mm -hmm. And it was because there were no deadlines. There, Everything mm -hmm. shifted for me mm -hmm. that it was like, okay, now, here's the interesting thing. I embraced it. I said, you know, I got lazy. I didn't, I didn't get up at 5.30 in the morning. I didn't go for a run. I didn't go to the gym. I didn't go get a haircut. I didn't go meet with clients. I didn't dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the fun part, um, because I, I want to distinguish this from taking action. The fun part was... I was actually, I, I actually had this little aha moment where I realized I have an opportunity, even if it's for a week or a day or two mm -hmm. hours, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity to live a life that most people, including me, dream, dream about. It's true. Wouldn't it be, we're working our butts off. Yes. To not work. Or as one person, I, <laughs> I loved it. I, I actually, Scott actually went camping a few times and I loved <gasps> I loved going into one of those, those gigantic communal bathroom cleanup places, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved that one guy was talking to another one. He says, I don't get it. Why do we work so hard to come out here and pretend we're homeless? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's always stuck with me because it's, it's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, Scott, there's another frame you can put on this enjoy the freaking next two hours mm -hmm. for the first time. Nobody needs you. Nobody wants you. There are no mm -hmm. deadlines on you. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the freaking downtime mm -hmm. coming, coming from a type A personality. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, don't get too comfortable with it. Those, yes. of you, those of you listening, 
in order to take your relevance and upskill it and then to be of service, you've got to actually do something. Right. Um, which also means, and this is where I'm going to kind of turn it over to you, Michelle. Um, how do we help clients get uncomfortable? How do we get, how do we help clients get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Hmm. Doing, doing things that they wouldn't normally do. Now I'll give you a good example. Okay. You're sitting here in Florida. You're an, yep. L, you're an LA girl, right? You, that's yes, how I am. I met you. I know. You're sitting there in the midst of a bunch of boxes flying, flying in the midst of a pandemic on an airplane. Three times. Where, uh, where there's no <laughs> realistic safety. No. Okay. How did you do that? You took massive action. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I like to remind myself that there's no need for courage or bravery if there isn't fear. So I don't have to wait to not be afraid to take action. In fact, it's taking action in the middle of fear that is courageous and is brave. So I, I am risk averse. I like, I'm a safety girl. I usually have a plan A, B, C, D, and E. And sometimes I just need to go for it. And I was thinking as you were talking about get off your ass and take action. Physics applies here, right? A body in motion stays in motion. Yeah. A body at rest stays at rest. So one of the things I ask my clients is if you are getting really frustrated with not getting your to-do list done or your errands done, don't go home at the end of the day and sit down. Go home at the end of the day and spend a half an hour, an hour working on something that you really want to work on. Because as soon as you go home and you sit down in front of the TV, you will be a body at rest until tomorrow morning. You just really, you might even order food in because you don't feel like cooking, right? So we can get so lazy just from the inertia. And, and it is important to take those timeouts, like you said. Scott, you know, take, enjoy the downtime, especially yeah. if you're type A, take those breaks, get that self-care in. Don't just constantly run yourself ragged until you're exhausted and recognize that after a weekend, like I just came back from a weekend of, of the beach, I did not want to work, but I came home to a place full of boxes. And one of the things I don't like in my head is I, I don't like a lot of clutter. I like things to have a place. So if I had sat down sleep deprived from that crazy air conditioner at that crazy condo in the Airbnb. If I, if I, from tired from the sun, if I had sat down, I would have gotten nothing done, but I didn't. I kept just taking one step in front of the other until one box was unpacked and then another box was unpacked. And then, then it became motivating in and of itself to see that the kitchen counter was no longer covered in boxes. And then I could take a shower and get ready for the podcast. And here I am. So I actually have not sat down to take a nap because a body in motion stays in yeah. motion. And, and so keep that in mind. If you really want to get some stuff done on your to-do list, go home today and take action today. Or as soon as you're done work today or off this call today or off this podcast, when you listen to it, Think of something on your to-do list that you can get accomplished quickly, and that motivation can help you get the next thing done. So that would be one thing I would say, and have a productivity space. Like it's nice if you even have a, a spot on your kitchen table that is where you work, as opposed to trying to integrate your relaxation on the couch with work and bringing yeah. your laptop over to the couch. Not going to work. Yeah, I, com I, I tend to compartmentalize like that kind of yeah. like when you're doing a tv dinner and things are in the different compartments 
Yes. The, the only time I'll ever mix food, by the way, is, is my Chinese food, which I love to just jumble all together. <laughs> I don't like to mix food either. Isn't that weird that we've um, met each other and we're so go. similar? Um, so I, I want to add uh, two things real quickly before we, because we're at the end of the show here. Yeah. Um, you know, many of you listened to the prior podcast where we talked about walking meditation and yes. labyrinths and you saw uh, on the video, if you are part of our keeping your shit together uh, Facebook group, you'll see the videos yes. on there of walking through this. Awesome. When, you know, Michelle talks about doing, just getting something done. You know, when, when that was first put together, I had four tons of rocks delivered into the backyard. <laughs> and I, I remember looking out the back window and seeing this pile of rocks. Wow. And, you know, every one of those has now been laid in that labyrinth by these hands. So beautifully. I was going to ask you. And, you know, wow. nobody did that for me. Had I merely looked out and looked at four tons of rocks, it would be overwhelming. Yes. Instead, I went out and I said, today, or to use those of you, I didn't realize that's where it came from, but the, the, for those of you in the 12-step program, just for today, mm -hmm. I'm going to work on this section. Just mm -hmm. for today, I'm going to work on that section. Mm -hmm. And gradually, I knew it would start wearing down. Now the four tons of rocks is gone. Wow. And the labyrinth is up. And beautiful. Um, and it, thank you. And mm -hmm. it wasn't always that way. You know, had I chosen to simply look at the overwhelming picture, nothing mm -hmm. would have gotten done. I would have, I would have said, either screw it, it's screw it, it's not going to happen. Or That's I would have right. said, or I would have said, I can go hire somebody to go do this for me. And I will tell you, it never would have been as fulfilling and meaningful as it is right now. Right. And then, and then the final thing, because Michelle brought this up, um, we, we mentioned, I mentioned the Course in Miracles earlier on. You mm -hmm. don't have to be believe in the book. You don't even have to go get the book. But there is a mantra from it that I do invite you as a final thing today to embrace and consider. And this comes from somebody who knows fear. Uh, I told the story many times. I used to hide under my bed when I was little, not just under the bed, under the headboard. I would crawl up under the bed and then into the headboard so that mm -hmm. I couldn't be found um, because the world scared me and I didn't feel like I belonged here, that this wasn't my world. I was from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I know fear, folks, and mm -hmm. I've learned how to overcome it. There are techniques, that, some of which we've shared here, but mm -hmm. I really love this saying. I'm going to pass it on to you. Fear is not justified in any form. Fear is not justified in any form. Mm -hmm. If you will continue to remind yourself of that, then the fear of lack of relevance or the fear of not knowing enough stuff or the fear of not being able to take action or the fear of taking action, it all goes away. Mm -hmm. That fear is never justified. Beautiful. I can't think of anything that we should say to add to that. That's a beautiful ending for a talk on what to do to stay relevant. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we've Thank come you. to the end of our, you're welcome. We've come to the end of our show. Thank you, Michelle, <laughs> Thank uh, for you, Scott. taking time out from your, your move yeah. uh, to do this. <laughs> Thanks to all of you who have listened in. Again, uh, make sure that you become part of our Keeping Your Shit Together private Facebook group. Uh, mm -hmm. Michelle, they can find you through? Um, my website, 
um, postinternationalinc.com. Uh, yeah. Lots of ways to find me on there. <laughs> yeah, and you can find me through thinkingmagically.com. And until next time, thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.